Now both of you push toward each other and do the dialogue. Troy. You say I take and don't give. Troy, you hurt me. You say I take and don't give. Troy, you hurt my arm. I don't give you everything I've got to give. <clears throat> so then it's always safe. If the struggle is happening, I buy it, and it's mm-hmm. always safe. You can get that arm out anytime you want to. Welcome to the Pioneer Theater Podcast. I'm Matthew Ivan Bennett, your host for this podcast series, which we produce for you, the audience member, so you can get a backstage view of the shows we do. Right now you're hearing audio of a little fight choreography being practiced for the first time by the cast of Fences by August Wilson, which runs January 6th through January 21st. For my interview, I sit down with dramaturg Martine Green Rogers and ask, among other things, what a dramaturg is. So I feel as though my job, essentially, as a dramaturg is to question And by that, I mean that my job is to help the director in a production scenario or a playwright in a new play development scenario tell the best story they can tell. For example, I help directors marry the text and a concept that they have for their production, as well as help playwrights develop their plays by asking all sorts of questions. Another part of my job is to be an advocate for the play and for a production by functioning as a liaison between marketing, development, education departments, along with other uh, different places within a theater company. And my work as a dramaturg has taken me pretty much to really fun places across the country. I've worked at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the Court Theater in Chicago. I've done work for Great Plains Theater Conference, for Salt Lake Acting Company, Plan B, and of course, Pioneer Theater Company. Take a minute, if you would, to help us understand August Wilson in the line of American great writers. What did he do that no one else did? He is an African-American playwright that as theater, theaters and theater educators and even English uh, educators have worked towards diversifying their seasons and their curriculum has been a go-to in terms of uh, classic African-American work to produce and study. And this is partially because of the fact that he wrote a 20th century cycle, which Fences is a part of, set in the 1950s. Uh, but if I remember correctly, it's like the third one that he wrote. And the 20th century cycle is really interesting and It's a provocative examination of African-American life during the 20th century. And let's just be honest, it cannot be denied that his command of the nuances and poetry of everyday language is just amazing. Where does Fences fit in, do you think, in that 20th century cycle? It was really early, Wilson, in terms of the fact that he was just sort of figuring out that he was even doing this project. Um, If I remember correctly, like I said earlier, it's the third one. And so it was really about figuring out how to represent the 1950s and African-American culture as it's found in Pittsburgh at that point. And it's actually a really fun play to compare to the rest of what ends up being the 20th century cycle, especially the later ones such as Gem of the Ocean and King Headley II and Radio Golf, and how he incorporates the geography and iconic places of the Hill District in Pittsburgh into the work. And Fences is really that place where you really start to see him working that out. What surprised you in your work on Fences as a dramaturg for Pioneer? So every time I work on a Wilson piece in general, I learn something new about 
my history, our history. Um, and I mean that both as an African-American person, but then also as just an American citizen. And every time I forget and am pleasantly surprised at how easy it is to get sucked into the worlds he creates. Um, and in terms of fences, what surprised me the most is how much more now I understand the character of Rose in a way that I didn't the first time I worked on this play. At the, the first time I worked on this play, I was the tender age of 27. And now, almost a decade later, uh, what the, the trials, the sacrifices that Rose makes makes so not that it didn't make sense to me then but just you know having that decade of experience behind me now it just makes her story so much more visceral to me which is interesting in a in a way because dramaturgically not that her story isn't a really important part of the play but it definitely sometimes takes a backseat to Troy's story so how much more her story resonates with me as a human being and as an artist is what really surprised me this time. Fences, as you know, won both the Pulitzer Prize and the Tony Award for Best Play in 1987. But what do you think makes this play a masterpiece? I think the construction and representation of family. There's heartache, there's laughter, there's the monotonous every day, there's massive amounts of love, there's uh, the strictness that can sometimes come from trying to uh, raise children. And all of this is something that can't help but speak to people. We've either been that person that's wanted something and, you know, your parents have gotten in the way of it. And, you know, it takes it always takes hindsight for you to realize that they're doing it out of love, not because they're trying to necessarily stifle you. But, you know, and, and that's something that just transcends race, even though this play is very much based in a cultural and racial aesthetic. Um, and it's the type of play that really sticks with you because it's just a, such a powerful representation as you track the character of Troy, what it means to have dreams deferred and the the desire to see your children succeed and be better than you, but then also to be completely honest, the jealousy that comes with, you know, especially in a time period, the 1950s, where we're talking about a time when there was definitely a lot of uh, societal uh, restrictions on what African-Americans could do, can do. And, uh, you know, especially because of issues of segregation, et cetera. So it's just one of those... Um, especially at the time, the particular time period in which Troy is growing up, because you get a lot of those memories of what it was like to, for him to want to be a baseball player and is stifled by that because of what the, the scene, the baseball scene in terms of race was like at the time and watching him want to support his son and his aspirations, but then also not wanting his son to be hurt in the same way he was if those dreams don't come true. And I think that's something that, you know, transcends. It can transcend race. Not that it's not rooted in it, but it just it definitely transcends that. The the desire to want to do something with your life, have that potentially stifled because of circumstances that are completely beyond your control. But then wanting something better for your future, for your progeny. 
Martin Green Rogers, thank you again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the PTC Pre-Show Podcast for Fences. The production will be possible in part because of the Lawrence T. and Janet T. D. Foundation. You can find this podcast on our website, pioneertheater.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at marketing at ptc.utah.edu.